Hello everyone, what's Babylon? This is Psychobabbles with Miranda and Lauren. Or Lauren and Miranda. Or Miranda and Greg. This is... <laughs> Did you just hear that? My voice cracked. Anyway, that was really bad. Okay, this is the podcast from my class, Psychological Effects of the Internet, where I talk about the topics I'm learning and Lauren responds with her own thoughts. Yeah, like I have any. I don't know what this episode's really about, so we'll see if you do. Because again, we're going without a script. But guess what? This is episode 79, and also the first episode of Unit 14. Oh my gosh! Which is the last unit! Unit 14 is also a good number. We're so close to being done. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah, like mostly, well, it's I been a. Say it's been great. No, it's been. Maybe I should say this for the the uh, the term project where we review how it went. But it's definitely like a really really slow uphill 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 uphill, and we just immediately reached the top and went straight down <laughs> for the finish. <laughs> but anyway, so this episode we are talking about, or this episode and the unit in general is. Um, just, like, looking forward on the internet. So, like, seeing how... Because we've looked a lot at, like, developments of the internet through the entire course of this class. But now we're going to look towards the future and see, like, how the internet helps us in the future or how developments in the future will occur. So we're going to start this episode by talking about uh, internet data and research questions. So, like, how... How internet internet data can be used to answer research questions, um, and so let me just read what I'm gonna have to talk about from my note sheet. Um, social media. Oh, okay. So yeah, here we go. First, we're gonna talk about in general internet-based data and how it helps research, and then we're gonna answer a specific question I had to research and like see how internet helped it. So in general. The rise of online and personal and social data for, like, for people, like, so many people are putting online or information online, um, or, like, using the internet for certain things that, like, there's so much data out there now, and so it gives, like, a whole pool of data for human behavior, for, like, researching human behavior. Um, And so one of the examples they used was, like, cholera right that's how you say it mm-hmm. cholera what am i thinking of i was thinking of a different disease and i was like oh is that the one that i'm gonna pronounce anyway irrelevant the example they used was cholera in 1854 where john snow isn't that a character from game of thrones that's funny. Okay, well, this guy, okay. Yeah, he's a character from Game of Thrones. He's probably, like, like top ten, but top he's, ten. like, number ten. Oh, okay, so he just made it. Just made it. I like him. He's less, uh, you just have to watch it yourself. Okay. Okay, that's fair. So, anyway, this dude, Jon Snow, recorded the, like, locations of affected homes. So, like, people who were affected by cholera. And then after long, laborious work, he eventually linked the water pump to the origin of the outbreak. So yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I so did he a, I, did pa- I did a paper on that in high school. Yeah, so he solved the mystery of where cholera came from. But guess what? 
This problem could have been solved within hours with GPS and information from disease prevalence data because we have the internet. So he could have saved himself a lot of work if they had just invented the internet. Actually, no. There would still be a lot of work he would have to do. He would have to get permits. Well, no, I'm, I know, but he would have been able to find... The location of it? Yeah, the location. So, like, he eventually found that the water pump was the origin. Mm-hmm. And so what they're saying is he probably could have figured that out faster if he had the internet. Um, because it could provide big data. And he could, instead of, like, keeping just track of the houses... Do some geocaching? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so instead of, like, marking down the each house, he could have just seen... Like, on the internet, you know? Um, so, yeah, the basically, I guess the challenge is just tackling all this information and, like, figuring out the importance of it. But, again, the point is there's so much information out there that we can use it for research study questions. And so the specific one that I had to, like, learn about was can music apps use, or no, can music app use provide data about emotional engagement? Um, and so this one really addressed, like, uh, you know, the app Shazam. Mm-hmm. I use it all the time. Well, I thought, like, it was, like, the movie was um, based on this, the app. Oh, yeah, you yeah. thought the movie, I was telling you about it, and you were like, oh, I thought this movie was based on the yeah. music yeah. app. No, but anyway, so, yeah, Shazam is this audio content content recognition services, and so basically... You hear a song, you can push the button, and it'll listen to the song, and then it can identify what song it is to, like, tell you. It's a really good app. I use it all the time. Uh, And my dad loves it, too, because he's big on knowing, like, there's sometimes he knows the song, and he knows, like, who sings it, but he can't just, in his head, he can't process it, and he can't remember the name, so he'll Shazam it, and then he's like, ah, that's who it is. So my dad loves Shazam. Um... But anyway, like, the point is, discovering new music is a popular pastime. This is something I do all the time. I love going through random podcasts, random uh, playlists, and just picking out new music um, and just making my own playlist, like, comprised of all these new songs. Um, And so, but, like, opportunities to find new music present themselves, like, everywhere throughout our everyday life. Like, a lot of mine, I Shazam when I'm at work. Because, like, we listen to the radio, and some, and I don't really listen to the radio. So sometimes I hear a song, and I'm just like, wow, this is really good. I wonder who sings this. And specifically, the other day at work, um, I, it was, um, oh my god. No, I literally Shazammed it, like, yesterday. It was by Glass Tigers. It was, uh, Don't Forget Me. Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone? Wait. Don't forget me when I'm gone. Do you know that song? Whoa. It's from the 80s, and I knew it was, but I didn't know who sang it or who sung it. And I didn't know who sung it, and I didn't know the name of the song, but I liked it, and so I shazammed it, and now it's on my playlist. So that's exciting. But anyway, the point of this study was to – let me see it. Um, reduced wealth of user data. Oh, okay. So yeah. So basically when people Shazam stuff, it specifies where and when like we take action to like learn more about the music playing around us. So like what parts of songs are we hitting the Shazam button and being like, well, what song is this? Um, 
And so what they did with this is they studied the relationship between timing of queries, queries, right? That's when you like, oh my God. Are they like right outside our house? Yeah, they always do that. Sound like kids were dying outside our house. Anyway, um, so they study the relationship between like when people um, Shazam a song in the sense of like, like during what part of the song are people looking up or what part of the song are people Shazamming it? There we go. Um, And so the data that they used was the top 20 songs from the Billboard year and Hot 100 chart of 2015. That was a lot of words. But just, like, the top 20 songs from 2015. Except they got rid of one song and then bumped one up. I can't remember why they said they they took one out. Um, but, yeah, so this they used the top 20 songs because it allowed for, like, a lot of people shazamming it because they're, like, the most popular songs. Um, and it reflected a widespread listening audience. Um, and so they can look at music discovery behavior at, like, specific stages of song popularity. Um, and they use, like, the worldwide query dates from January 1st, 2014 through May 31st, 2016. And the results they found is that the distribution of queries... Queries? Queries. 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 Inquiries? inquiries no they call them queries queries now i'm scared i'm saying it wrong because sometimes when i type these words i'm like oh it's fine i'll never have to say it query a question especially one addressed to an official organization query hopefully i'm saying that correctly anyway so the result they found is that distribution of queries varies over the course of a song um and that basically salient music events drive an increase in queries during a song so, like, for example, the start of the song or the first onset of vocals. So, like, as soon as they start singing, um, the onset of the first chorus. So, like, the main part of the song. Um, and then actually what they found is that the behavior was more consistent for, like, the onset of vocals than for the onset of the chorus. So, people are more likely to Shazam when they first hear the vocals versus when they hear the main part of the song. Why are you, like, smiling like that? Because I'm stretching. Okay, apparently stretching makes you happy. See, talk about your feelings. No, I don't talk. Okay, um, they also found that... Sorry. They also found that distribution of queries at the time of the song's release differs from the distribution following a song's peak and then their decline in popularity. Oh, queries. Queries. Is that not what I said? Did I say queries? Yeah. Queries. <laughs> Because I think I said queries to begin with, and then I thought it was wrong, so I said queries. No, because I was like, what's a query? And I'm like, oh, query, like, you're take, you're, you're, you're wanting to know about something, it's a query. I said, I started off saying that. This yeah. is why you have to pay attention, because then... Sorry, I was just stuck on that one word. And I was like, because I, I started... I was like, ten minutes. Because I, I kept, that's why I kept repeating myself, because I said query, then I said query. I, I know you were, kept repeating myself. Yeah, and then you were looking at me, and I went, query, 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 <laughs> so whatever. But I started with query, I think. I'm not going to play back, so. You're making me feel anxious. See, that was good. That was good. Okay. Was that a humble brag? No, it wasn't. What do you mean? I was just trying to throw back to an episode where you said. No, was I humble bragging? No. Well, I was going to say, because you, yeah, you kept saying, like, oh, if I'm humble bragging, you should tell me. So <laughs> I was going to tell you you were humble bragging. I wasn't. No, I know you weren't. 
This is what happens when you try and share your feelings, people. No, it's not. I promise. Don't say you humble brag. I promise. I don't. <laughs> go sit in my corner and cry. In my corner and cry. Anyway, go do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So basically what I was saying is that the distribution of queries at the time of the song's release differs from the distribution following a song's peak and subsequent subsequent decline in popularity and this reflects the evolution of user intent like over the life cycle of the song and it suggests that music discovery behavior and like just facets of human experience of music can be studied quantitatively through large-scale industrial data and so they found all these results by using internet-based data which is the point of this episode um, and they also found that um, this one uh, may conclude musical attributes of users. Oh, um, that basically, like, when a person shazams a song, it can reflect their, like, music- musical preferences. Um, so, like, contain features that, like, compel the user to take action and, like, want to know more because those are the aspects of music that they listen to the most. So it's, like, once they hear something that they enjoy, they're like, oh, I should see what song this is so I can look it up, you know, kind of thing. Um, and it can deepen our understanding of positive reception of new music. And this is good for artists who are trying to release new music because you can kind of know like what people like to listen to. And so then your song's more likely to become popular. Um, so yeah, unfortunately there are some limitations to the study. Like, um, like, they can only see that a user queries a song, but they don't know how the user reacts to it. So, like, they can't see, like, if they were, like, like, maybe they were just curious. They can't see them be, like, oh, well, I don't like this, you know? Um, and then they know not to listen to that artist anymore. I don't know. They didn't know either, so that's a limitation. Also, timestamps may be off by, like, three seconds for some users. So, like, because it takes time for the song to like pick up um, or for it to like grasp the song that's there. And so there could be a shift of like timestamps. So that obviously changes where it looks like they're looking up the song. So those are some limitations. And then just a fun little story that relates to this is that um, during the eclipse on March 10th, 2016. I remember exactly where I was for the eclipse. Do you remember? Do you, exactly. Because it says, 3,521% increase in listening to the song Total Eclipse of the Heart. Did you listen to it? No. Dang. I have a video of me looking at the, with the glasses on. With the glasses on. Huh? Oh, and my friend, uh, Nora, Nora, Nora Siegel's driveway. We were coming back from summer school, mm-hmm. and then Holly was there too, and we were just like staring up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so when this eclipse happened, um, there was a 3,521% increase in listening to that song, and it spiked 75% on... Just a minute. Oh, sorry, not... Okay, I said the eclipse was March 10th, but that was the day after the total eclipse. Mm-hmm. And that's when it spiked 75%. Um, and then what they actually saw is there was this map that they showed where you could see where, as the eclipse was occurring, like, across the country, like, the peak 
in each state of yeah. Total Eclipse of the Heart, and so you can see it like go across the map. Yeah, um, which yeah, so um, and basically they also looked at like any version of the song. So it says those who listen to any version of the song. So like the Glee version was a popular one. Um, I actually don't know what the Glee one sounds like. I imagine Lee Michelle. Le- Leah. Wait, let me look. I imagine I, I she. It's her singing. No, I hundred percent can guarantee it's probably her singing because who else would be singing it? Maybe, uh, Mercedes. I was gonna say Mercedes, but I feel like I would have remembered because I really liked her voice. Okay, like see. when her and Sam did Human Nature. Do you remember that episode? Kurt, maybe. Oh, it could be Kurt. Lee Michelle. Wait, was that Finn? No, I think- oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Finn. What year? Or what season? Season three. Was it- could this have been at one of their show concerts? I feel like it would have been. See, she's got the main part. Looking at her. Is that Finn? I don't think I, now that I heard that part. Is it Blaine? Because I'm trying to think of what was the last season that Finn was in. Dude, that episode made me cry so hard. His dedication episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was sobbing. Season three. Was it him? Who else would it have been? See, was it Sam? Is that his name? The fishmouth kid? Yeah. I don't know if it would have been him, though. Dude, no, his mouth. It's insane. Okay, I know he can't help it, but damn, his mouth was huge. It was big. That was the total eclipse. <laughs> the total eclipse. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, basically what this is showing is that social media, not social media, but, like, internet-based data can be used to answer research questions, and that only helps us in the future, like, understanding more about human behavior and just answering these questions. So, that's all I have for this episode. Uh, The next episode, we'll be talking about past internet predictions that have been correct. So, kind of an interesting topic. So, let's get a move on we're almost done with the podcast so bye-bye see you next time on psychobabbles this episode of psychobabbles is sponsored by just kidding you thought we had a sponsor we actually don't miranda procrastinates too much so i hope you enjoy the last few seconds of just music as we suffer through these next couple of days of trying to get all these episodes done goodbye